Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Ryan Carruthers, and I am your host for today. So thank you very much for listening. Today, we are sponsored by Land Insight, which is the ultimate tool for people to find all the deals which they need. It's something that I use on a daily basis to find land and work through comps to find similar properties and do my due diligence, etc., etc. Now, if you aren't subscribed to the podcast, please tell me why not. I mean, on this podcast, we talk about property. We go deep with investors on why they invested in certain things, how people found deals. And also we speak to incredible people like my guest today. My guest today is really interesting. And I'm really, really, well, I'm absolutely buzzing actually, to put it bluntly and honestly about talking about prop tech, because those of you who listen to this know that I'm a massive geek for not just property, but also technology. So we put the two together and it's just like mind blown. I'm going to have a great conversation. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Mark Trupp. How are you doing today, buddy? That's very kind. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for asking me on. I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. Fantastic. So for those people who might not know who you are, why don't you just give them a sort of brief synopsis about who you are, etc., etc. Uh, I'm a founder director of Arthur Online, um, which is a prop tech business designed to look after the tenancy journey from the top right through to the tenancy ending and everything that happens on that journey. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so what was the what was the what was the thing that made you want to create this this piece of software then? At the time when we looked at uh, managing our own portfolio, what was available at the time was all the old legacy agency software. Yep. Um, but we were self-managing landlords, and with a sizable portfolio, we couldn't find anything that embraced mobile technology, and that wasn't really agency-facing at the time. Um, we had a very mixed portfolio of residential and commercial and some very unusual commercial like parking spaces and a couple of storage units. And we couldn't find a piece of software that looked at space uh, as space and looked at a tenancy journey regardless of the tenancy type. Um, and we couldn't find anything that embraced mobility in terms of mobile platforms, uh, mobile technology at the time. So that was the essence of why we designed and built Arthur online. Well, I really, I really like the looking at space as space because I know for myself, I've sort of, I pulled together a lot of my automation and some Google docs and some other little bits and bobs to get stuff going mainly because years, <laughs> and years ago, there was nothing out there that I, that I liked and I'm so set in my ways with, with what sure. I've got. Um, it's more, what did you do before this then? So if you go right back to my career, um, I qualified as a dentist back in 86. And the first business I set up uh, a couple of years after I qualified was something called Corporate Dental Services. And that was delivering uh, dentistry, uh, mobile dentistry to large companies in the city. Um, the idea being is that people didn't have to take half a day off work for a half an hour appointment. Uh, and I built that business over 10 years uh, and had some of the biggest names using it from accountancy firms through to media companies, investment banks. I uh, sold that to Bupa in 98. And then after that, I set up what was called keepuptodate.tv, which 
uh, was delivering full screen, full motion video, but the video was uh, what we call CPD, Continual Professional Development, mm -hmm. for doc doctors and dentists um, using the broadband network. But the problem at the time was BT were meant to roll out a broadband network and that didn't happen. It was, it was a good four or five years before the sort of YouTube type videos across the internet. Yep. Uh, it's, a bit like, it's a bit like having cars and no roads. Uh, so we, whilst we developed it, it was very difficult to deliver the content uh, across a network that needed bandwidth for video. So uh, that basically became more of a production company and was sold, uh, sold out. And then I set up a property uh, business just building up portfolios of property at the time. And uh, in, when was it, 2014, 15, uh, we thought about Arthur. Wow. And what was the inspiration behind the name then? Well, the name, we wanted something very generic. Uh, Arthur's and it's quite a characterful name and you, it conjures up every, a different image for different people. <clears throat> so we wanted a, a software that had a user-friendly name, but you can bespoke it and white label it. Um, but one of the things that we're going into now is extending Arthur into AI, and we've got an Ask Arthur. Um, and the idea being is, is rather than a tenant typing an issue, um, he'll, tell a, he'll tell you about the issue, and Ask Arthur will try and triage the problem. So it's it sort of, we wanted it to have a sort of a character and a face, but the face was up to the person using it. Yeah. Wow, the artificial intelligence interests me. I think it's a massive market. I mean, it's just going <clears> to <throat> grow and grow. So you're using it with tenant interaction then? Well, the, when we first set up Arthur, there were, we, we, we looked at it as being an outward piece of software. At the time, as I said, there was agency software, which was all we could find, which was very inward looking. It was sat on somebody's desk. And, and that's what it was about. So when we developed Arthur, we, we wanted to link the stakeholders to the person managing the space. Mm -hmm. And everyone's stakeholders is different, but you've all got one stakeholder that you have, which is your tenants. You may well have a contractor that does all your jobs. If you're an agent, because we have lots of agencies using the system as well, they're one of their stakeholders is a property owner. And the way we engage with those stakeholders is they each have a piece of technology which happens to sit on the Apple or Android store, which is an app. And that app is there for that particular user group to engage with the property manager. So from a tenant's perspective, tenants generally want to see their a live statement feed. They'll want to raise issues. They'll want to track issues, but they'll want to see their documents. Um, uh, an owner who were, who's given away his management, for example, would want to see how much money he's received. He might want to see documents. So what we're trying to do is give the property manager the ability to just provide this information and also receive information because those, those users can input data that's relevant to their user group. Um, so it just makes the process much more fluid as opposed to coming off a platform and using a WhatsApp or an email or a text mm. and all the other variety of software out there, you want one place to transact. And, and what we're trying to do is make Arthur a platform that enables you to transact all your user groups throughout their whole journey. And, and that's, the, that's the goal of the software. Wow, so you've got a really, really clearly defined goal of what, of what, you, uh, what you're intending to do. So I wonder what the, what's the biggest challenge then that you faced as a company i think the biggest challenge is 
customers' expectations because whilst we want to, whilst we know where we want to go, we know what that blue sky looks like. Yeah, we can't we can't deliver it on day one. Yeah, and you want to be able to do that, and people get frustrated that you can't do certain things. They they don't really necessarily understand that development is takes time you know but people will often say well can't you just do that it won't take you very long that, that, <laughs> just that, that never happens in technology you know and we we are we're probably 70 percent of what we want alpha to be um but it's an evolving thing we're, we're trying to innovate because you have to stay ahead of the curve yeah um and you know with PropTech and any form of technology there are people coming up behind you you know that are developing things and, you know, they'll be prominent in this marketplace. Um, so you have to keep innovating. You have to keep pushing. But the greatest frustration is you've got to meet clients' expectations. If you don't do something today, you want to do it, you will do it, but it can't be delivered today. And that, that's the difficulty. Mm, I echo that as well. You know, I've got a, I've got a, a software as a service business effectively in the Betfair trading world. And mm-hmm. it's, exa- it's exactly the same. You know, you developing software is like developing out building sites you know it takes time and yeah. it's not just a two-week project it is a full-on sometimes it can be over a year or a, a good 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 six seven months and you've got to stay on that course and, and stick to it and also it's quite difficult to prioritize as well sometimes what you are actually working on when another idea comes in for that software that you know will be good but you've committed to that one that one feature that you know the majority of the people want but there's a few people mm-hmm. calling out for the other features correct very difficult correct. isn't it it's a very difficult balancing act because you have a balancing act between keeping your existing core system going bugs fixing bugs because users use things in different ways yeah. and you have no you have no idea how someone's going to come into a particular part of the system then you deal with that and their frustrations. Then you have to deal with improvements to existing features, you know, making it better, making the UI better, um, reducing your customer uh, issues, uh, your you know, customer um, uh, incoming customer issues, whilst also wanting to innovate and deliver, develop new features. So if you didn't have the first bits and all you did was innovate and develop new features, Arthur would be 100% today and motoring. But, you know, you, it's, the frustration is, we, you know, you want to get to the end of a week better than it started. And that's always been our philosophy. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. I like that. Once you get to the end of the week better than you started, because I like that. I really, really like that. And that, that just rings so true, not just in sort of software development, in, in, in anything in property. I think it's, mm. it's all very, very similar. Like, like yeah. that, um, it's, I think it's wicked. I love the, I love talking about property and you put technology with it. I just, it really, really gets me excited. So I wonder what excites you about, about property technology. Well, I, the, the reason I, I like the technology is because I can see the benefits of it in my own uh, portfolio. So, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things. If it works for you, the chance are it's going to work for others. Maybe won't work for everyone, but it, it should hopefully work for lots of people. And lots of people will hopefully see the benefits of trying to develop technology and pushing the boundaries of what a system can do. Um, 
I, I, I like it. I, I mean, to me, I, I have a slightly different take on it. To me, property is a little bit on the boring side. <laughs> but what makes it more interesting is the technology side. Yeah. Uh, for me, you know, a tenant coming in and a tenant leaving and dealing with tenants is, you know, it's the same day in and day out. It's not particularly exciting. But the technology side of it for me and making that journey easier for everybody, including me and the tenants and my contractors, is what makes this interesting. Mm. And I think it's that, you know, technology is, so, is speeding things up so much and it's taking friction out of transactions. Mm. And I, I think some of the biggest technology companies in the world, you know, they don't, they don't actually really reinvent the wheel. They just take a portion of the transaction and <clears throat> they look left and right of that transaction and make the whole thing smoother. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. for Uber, for example, is basically just you getting a taxi, but they look left and saw the difficulties in that and then make that easier and do it via GPS and on your phone, which basically cab companies could have done years ago and dominated the market. But haven't. Yeah, and, and, and I, agree with, I agree with that analogy, but where PropTech, I think, is different is... And just if I take your analogy and extrapolate it, if I get an Uber from A to B, I don't get off halfway and then get the tube and then get off that and get a bus. Yeah. I like to go the whole journey in one cab. And, and that's what, if, to me, is what PropTech should be about. It should be about delivering that tenancy journey in one place, not having to come off and go somewhere else to deal with maintenance and go somewhere else to deal with onboarding and somewhere else to do something else. You want one place to get from A to B not have to come off the, 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 the track and go somewhere else to, to do something. And, and that's the challenge. The challenge is today you've got lots of companies that do, and they do it well, don't get me wrong, they do the bit. They do an onboarding or they'll do a, a maintenance or they'll do, they'll do something very well, but it's a small part of a long journey. And what Arthur, why we developed Arthur, well, what became after Arthur was all these little bits of uh, software that do bits and pieces, but you really want to do those transactions in one place to make your life easier. And that's where these open API infrastructures and architectures become very, very exciting because they allow systems like ours to connect and you almost feel you're, you're doing it in one place. Mm, so it keeps everything simple. It keeps it smooth because, I mean, dealing with tenants, let's face it, it is tough. It's not the easiest thing to do in the world. Um, I find it very boring, to be honest. Mm. So keeping it all in one place is, I'm a big fan of, especially because they lose the tenancy agreement so many times. I have digital versions as well. I use Hello Sign mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. And um, they're all backed up onto Google Drive. And, you know, they still lose them. Yep. Yep. And, and email. It's like, how yeah and they do and and that's why if they have one place to go for all their documents all their communication every time they've raised an issue they can track an issue if they have one place to source everything then it's all there and you know there's no oh it's on my email or i might have whatsapped it or i've got to look at my tech and everything over a six months or 12 months period just gets buried in loads of you know you know what emails it is get buried and buried and buried gotcha so um, much better if you're in one place
Yeah, keep it all in one place and keep everything managed in that one place as well. And especially the maintenance, you know, because maintenance issues are such a ball ache that when you get one and then a tenant is constantly on at you about it and you send the message to the contractor and the contractor says, yes, I've dealt with it, but they actually haven't, et cetera, et cetera. Oh my gosh. It's just so frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and, and again, you see contractors for us, well, when we, again, just developing this piece of software, the contractors are a very big part of that whole chain. And so they need, they need to be in the loop in exactly the same way as the tenant needs to know who's dealing with something. And so for, therefore they have to be integrated into a platform. If you use them outside of the platform, yeah. then that's a, that's a headache. Yeah. Yeah, and there's more chance of things going wrong then as well, isn't there? Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you keep it all really streamlined and really simple and straightforward, then it's going to be so much easier for everybody to use. We, we got a very good quote actually on our uh, on one of the case studies we did, one of our clients who runs an HMO business. He was on a ski lift when a tenant raised an issue and by the time he got off the lift at the other end, he'd managed to send the work order out via the app and the contractor picked the job up, all within the space of him being on the ski lift. And, and that's what you ultimately want. Suddenly you've dealt with something within seconds because technology allows you to do it and keep everybody informed. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, I, I just love it. I love that the streamline and being able to keep everybody informed in one place. I've run HMOs and we've had HMOs for a long time now. And that is a, that is such a key to it. Mm. Where, where do you think the prop tech world is going then? Uh, I think there's lots of great ideas out there. I think there will be some that will become something and others will slowly die. I think AI is exciting, but I think it's early days. Um, yeah. there's a lot of hype around it and I think the hype whilst justified it's not a it's not something that's going to be here in six months yeah um, but it's it's an interesting area but I think whilst the it, the legacy softwares need the bolt-ons so these 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 sort of bits of software that do certain things will bolt onto them um, but I, I think companies like ours are pushing the legacy softwares to start to rethink that they can't sit on their fat licenses anymore. Yeah. You know, they've, they've got to start innovating and, and pushing and they've got, you know, they've got money behind them. So I, th- I think it's, it's, it's good times for consumers out there. I think, um, you know, as I said, if you go back a few years, what was available didn't do very much because it didn't have to, but now they have to innovate. So I think it's exciting times. Mm, I agree. And especially on the AI front, you know, I mean, a lot of people are really pushing and getting excited about AI, but there's a, there's a whole host of learning that has got to happen for that to become any good. And not just that, it needs people to get through it and it needs mm-hmm. people to use it and have the patience that it's no way near ready. And it will be incredible when they get it right, but it's that getting it right bit that mm-hmm. people to use it. Um, I know there's a great example of that with um, with Sky. They brought in a new piece of technology with the remote, so you could talk into the remote. But at the time, they hadn't had any Welsh people using it. So anybody who was Welsh who tried to speak into the <laughs> Sky remote, they couldn't get their program. So 
yeah the algorithms and the ai etc was there it just needed more users um, yes which is yes. frightening to see where alexa is going to be in um a few years time so hopefully i haven't set anybody's alexa off by saying that but so we've touched on the technology then but i know one of the things that you know when we was um back and forth on the emails arranging this podcast was one of the things um that you're you're really knowledgeable about as well as property investment. I'd be interested to see where you think that's going to go. I've, I'm, um, I'm not, I've never been a seller really. The stuff I've built is really always been an income play. So for me, I always just look at yield. That's always been my sort of philosophy really. Um, I'm, I'm not, I haven't been a buyer in the market for a long time purely because Arthur takes up all my time. But I, think they're sure to do some good deals soon, uh, particularly with the uncertainty in the market surrounding Brexit. I think the rental market will remain strong. Um, we are seeing, as a company, we're seeing many more build-to-rents um, coming into the marketplace, um, and they're setting a standard. Uh, we're seeing a lot more HMOs coming into the marketplace. Um, we're seeing... Um, organizations like universities whereas they used to control uh, first year residentials they're now effectively becoming um, rent to rent uh, businesses where they're taking properties off of landlords and renting them to second third and you know fourth year students mm -hmm. i think the rental market remains very very strong um, and will continue to do so the difficulty is buying right so your yields are good because there's a very fine line between actually making a profit and actually making a loss. And while the capital gains may not be there for a few years, yield's going to be more and more important because a lot of people just used to rely on um, on growth. Mm. Yeah, I think you, it, it all comes back to yield every time for me. You know, when you're looking mm. at yeah. property, yield is just one of those absolutely incredible things that when you – you get excited about a potential deal and what you're going to do with it. And then you plug all the numbers and then go, oh, actually the yield is, is low. Yep. Um, yeah. And it's a great leveler yield really is. I've been looking at some stuff today and so actually surprised myself. I've been looking at sort of five deals. Um, three were sort of okay ish yields. Uh, two were very good yields. The two good yields were the ones that I was least excited about and least expecting. Yeah, I think I think in a market where growth is difficult to, to sort of fathom, really. And, and the thing about being a seller is you never know when you're going to sell and, and into what market you're going to sell. Um, so it's always best to, if, you, if you've got, you should always make a yield play. And then you hope through whatever market conditions, maybe added value to your property, that you'll gain capital value. But if the yields don't stack up, I, I would like you. I wouldn't look at a deal on the basis of capital value because they're hard to they're hard to get your head round. Mm, exactly, and you never you never ever know either. Um, no, and yield is one of those things that I've really always always have to remember. It's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in in property uh, and also life, to be honest. So I'd be really yes. interested to know what the biggest lesson that you've learned is. In, in, in property or in, in technology? Let's do that question twice. Once in property and once in technology. What's the greatest lesson I've learned? I 
what is the greatest lesson I've learned actually in property? I would say, oh, that's a difficult one that actually, because I've, I've been quite lucky in property. Um, I've risen an upwardly trending um, marketplace. I remember I've been buying since 99, 2000. Yep. And, I, and I've been buying in London. So I've ridden, I, I've been lucky in the, in the sort of upward trend of things. I, and I'm just trying to think whether we really did see a downturn in that, in that, pro, in that period. I think we probably we did see a bit of a downturn, but I wasn't a seller, so it didn't really matter. Um, I bought a couple of things in auctions. I always think that's a bit of a, that, that, that opened my eye. I got caught on one. But that was my fault. I, I, I would say, you know what, my, my learning curve has been continual. I don't think there's one particular thing. Mm. Um, I just think as you go through the journey, you will pick up bits and pieces. But I haven't had a touch wood, and I'm touching wood, I haven't had a catastrophe in property at the moment, which is lucky. Yeah, and and I, don't, I don't put it down to anything other than luck. Believe me, I'm not suggesting it's judgment. It, it is a lot of luck. I, as I said, I've, I've ridden the... Uh, an upwardly mo- an upward trend in London. So, you know, I could have owned a post box and it would have done well. Yeah. You know, so. So then also, what's the biggest lesson in technology that you've learned? Well, I think technology, that's, that's been a massive learning curve for me. I would say delivering a product on time, mm-hmm. thinking you can do that is not something that's going to happen. Um, how complicated technology actually is to deliver. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, the stuff that get, you get blindsided by continually with technology, you know, suddenly your service, your servers, your th- things you don't expect. Yeah. Suddenly mm. you're, you're scaling a particular area and actually that little part of what you've built isn't scaling as well as you need it to do. So you have to rewrite it. Um, oh my God, my, my lessons in technology continue every single day. Um, but, the, but actually the technology journey is actually the more interesting journey. Mm. It's very, I mean, technology is so exciting. And if you have a company in technology, just those day-to-day battles, and, but then at the end of it, there is that, oh, yes, look what we've created for about a second. And then it's like, right. On to the next one. On to the but, next one. But there's the one thing you can't get complacent about because, you know, behind you is that young, twenty-someone deliver, developing technology you haven't maybe thought about that's going to overtake you at some point. Yeah, um, though, though, you know, that's the thing about it. It's such a rapidly moving market. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, unlike property, which is, you know, it does what it does. Yeah, which is a much is a lot slower, and then but then that's the I, well for me, I think it's one of the best things um, that I have really being able to have that property business and then also have that technology business. Now, if I want mm. something fast paced and all the time, I can jump into that that prop, the the Betfair business, and then mm. the property side is completely different. They both have their own issues, yeah. then they still both have their own similarities, and they both aid each other quite a lot really um which is which is really really good and i it makes every day different but i i I, we we sometimes get the odd client that goes well you know i might build something myself and you just know 
that they have no idea what they've just said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, be, be my guest. As I say. Yeah. So yeah. I know you're a very, very busy man. We're not going to keep you long. Um, and I don't want to drag these podcasts out anyway, because I don't want people listening <laughs> to me for about 12 hours. <laughs> they'll all get bored of me but is there anything you think that i should have asked you but i haven't no i think you've uh, you've been very diligent i think you seem to have covered a lot um i'm sure when you play this back you might think oh i should have asked him a question but i, I don't think so I, I think any question i think that might be relevant to anybody out there thinking of going down or starting a prop tech business um i think the bubble that the money coming into this market is going to slow quite substantially. I think PropTech and FinTech have had this ride and this desire to keep pumping money in. And I think it's going to become one of those things that's going to potentially have its day for a while and then come up again. So I don't think it's as easy perhaps to start getting a PropTech business off the ground today. Mm. Mm, and that's sound advice on someone who is very much in the industry as well. So if um, if people want to get in touch with you, they want to find out more about the software or whatever, where's the best place that they can they can get you? Just go to arthuronline.co.uk and you know you can dig me out there or you can have a look at whatever you want to look at. It's a pretty uh, good website. Um, it's got full of information. And if you want to make contact, by all means, make contact fantastic you've been an absolute delight thank you very much for being on the show it's been a pleasure thank you very much for having me